This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Alrighty. Welcome back to Brojo Online and today we're going back to the source, back to the beginning and looking at the 3x model which is a model that we've designed at Brojo to encompass our entire philosophy and give you a problem-solving tool for any problem in any area of life. The 3x model can be used to describe how to move forward in your career, how to move forward in your health, how to move forward in a single conversation, or on a date, or in a relationship, or with a friend. It's the blueprint underneath the concept of confidence. Usually I I keep this in-depth sort of explanation just for the members, but I realized I need to redo it for, for everybody. And because I keep seeing people getting stuck and they don't realize that they're stuck in the 3x model. They don't realize that if they understood the 3x model and understood how to move through it, they could always get themselves unstuck. So I'm going to look at that today. This is for when you feel stuck. I'm going to look at how to identify where in the model that you're stuck and what moving forward means so that you never stay stuck again. So I'm going to pretend or assume that those of you listening have never heard of the 3x model before, but also for those of you who think they're familiar with it, it might be good to review uh, your understanding of it. 3x model is called 3x because there's three stages to it, and they go in a circle. You keep going from one to the other to the next, around and around again. The three stages each have a name. One is called Explore, and that's driven by the value of curiosity. The next one is called Engage, and it's driven by the value of honesty. And the third one is called Release, and it's driven by the value of respect. Another way to look at that uh, as this model is the Explore phase is about thinking and planning and decision making. The Engage phase is about action, it's about doing the thing. And the release phase is about reflecting and measuring and learning from your experience before you decide on the next thing to do. It's a very simple process. It's very similar to scientific method. You come up with a hypothesis about what to do with the experiment. You engage in the experiment. And then you measure the results of that experiment. This is the model. And getting stuck means you've, you've landed on one of the stages and you're not moving forward. You're spending too much time and energy in one stage for various reasons. So we're going to look at how to translate your version of being stuck onto this model so then you can use the model to get unstuck again. We're going to use lots of examples and things like that to help you understand it. So let's start with a basic overview of what it means to be stuck in the model. So let's start with the explore phase. Being stuck in the explore phase means you're doing a lot of thinking, planning, even making decisions, but you're not following through. You're then revisiting the decision, brainstorming again, overthinking, worrying. You might be reading a lot of books on self-development but not seeing any changes. You might be going to seminars and watching videos, taking in a lot of information, writing down lots of goals and doing lots of exercises that are designed to help you plan things out. And yet if I was to watch your behavior week after week, it's basically the same. Now, this might be in a single area of your life, or you may be stuck in this area of the model for your entire life. 
It might just be that, you know, your career might be moving forward really well, but your relationship is stagnant. You're constantly worried and thinking about what the right thing to do is. This is where perfectionism comes in. You're so worried about the action being the right one to take, to being a good one, a good idea, that you're unwilling to take it in case it's not. Or you're waiting to, for more planning and more decision-making and more thinking to somehow come up with a better option than what you currently see available. So overthinking and worrying means that you're stuck in the explore stage where you've got a lot of ideas, but you're not taking action on any of them. Or you're taking very minimal action. Okay. Another way to look at this is you might think of yourself as learning a lot, but you're not seeing changes. So this is where you're stuck in what's called the information trap, where you're taking on a lot of information. It feels like you're learning new things. Your ideas in your head are changing. You're having insights, epiphanies. But your behavior is not changing. And that means you're essentially stuck in the explore phase. And the longer you're stuck there, the worse it gets because you now have too many options to choose from. And you don't know where to start because there's a lot of good ideas in there. Like uh, trying to choose what to eat when there's a massive buffet and you're only allowed one dish. That's that kind of feeling of overthinking, isn't it? So that's what being stuck in the explore phase is. And what we're going to be looking at today, later on, is how to move from explore into engage, which will undo that stuckness of overthinking. Being stuck in the engage phase is where it's a lot of action. Okay, This is where burnout happens, or being very busy. Okay, Your calendar's full in one area of your life or your entire life. You're doing a lot of stuff. But it doesn't feel like life's getting better. In fact, it might even feel like life's getting worse. And you get this kind of curse in self-development, particularly, where you're doing all this stuff and you're like, I actually enjoy life less now. What the fuck's going on? I'm doing all these great things. I'm following the plan. But it doesn't feel like things are getting better. You might feel that progress is very slow compared to how much action you're taking. That the results aren't coming quick enough. Those kinds of feelings. And you're starting to get exhausted and tired, you're starting to crash at the end of the day, um, or you notice yourself binging, doing things like Netflix and porn and Facebook because you're just wiped out and you just don't want to think anymore, drugs, because you're just so burned out, you're doing a lot of stuff. You know, this could be physical, maybe you're exhausted from going to the gym so much and doing lots of exercise, uh, or it could be mental, you just, you get home, from a hard work day and you just can't even think, you don't want to make any decisions, you're just burnt out from doing so much stuff. That's what being stuck in the engage phase is, and obviously the solution is to move into the release phase, which we'll talk about soon. We'll also talk about why you get stuck in a little bit here. Being stuck in the release phase, the third phase, is what you might call information overload or green light syndrome. And this is where you're waiting to make even a decision. You might have been doing a lot of meditating and journaling and reflecting deeply on your life and, you know, making all these discoveries about yourself based on observation of your past. Um, the reason I was actually prompted to make this post is somebody I know recently came back from a Vipassana 10-day silent meditative retreat, but they're struggling to feel like they know what to do next. This idea where you've done a lot of observation and measuring and reflecting, you feel like you've got a really strong understanding of where you are, or at least you're constantly getting a deeper and deeper understanding, 
But things are actually getting worse. The more you learn about yourself, the more you understand, the more you observe, the the harder it gets to know what to do with that information. It's an information overload, and there can be a complacency here. I know some people who might meditate a few hours a day, and they think that's going to be everything they need for a good life. As long as they do their meditation and their yoga, then that's all they need. As long as they're constantly observing and accepting, life will be good. But that isn't the case. If all you do is observe and meditate and reflect, you end up complacent. And complacency breeds comfort, and comfort breeds disaster. So those are the three basic types of getting stuck. Overthinking and worrying means you're stuck and explore. Burnout and busyness means you're stuck and engage. Information overload and complacency and lostness probably means you're stuck and release. Now, usually the reason we get stuck in any one stage is because we have some sort of subconscious fear about moving on to the next stage. If I'm stuck overthinking and worrying, it's because I'm afraid of taking the action. I'm afraid of committing to a decision and the potential consequences of getting it wrong and so on. So I'm afraid of engage. When I'm burnt out and busy, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of stopping. I'm afraid of what might happen if I stop and look at what I'm doing. Deep down, I'm afraid that I might see that I've been wasting my time, or that if I stop moving, everything will come crashing down, that it needs constant maintenance. There's this fear of going into the release and just letting go of control. So you get anxious people stuck in explore, and you get controlling people stuck in engage. And then in the release phase, I might be stuck there because I am now doubting the validity of all information. I don't even want to move into planning because I feel like I haven't yet got enough information to even come up with a plan. I feel like I'm waiting for something, like there's still more to be done. Or I'm just hoping in an insecure way that I won't really have to do anything but observe. That I can just do my meditation each day and I won't have to do anything more. I won't have to do anything difficult. That that'll solve all my problems. So we get stuck, and there's probably many other reasons, many subconscious fucked up fears or just patterns and habits that you've gotten into that gets you stuck in any of these stages. The key is not understanding why you're stuck. It's not really that important. It's just knowing that you are stuck and knowing what the next stage should be. Too much thinking, the next stage is action. Too much action, the next stage is rest and reflection. Too much rest and reflection, the next stage is thinking. And around and around you go. So... One last time to really summarize it. If you're thinking and planning and learning, but there's no measurable behavioral changes, you're stuck and explore. If you're doing, 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 and you don't feel like you're making progress, you're stuck and engage. And if you're observing and watching and meditating and recording and measuring and waiting, you're stuck and release. Okay? The key is about movement. The key to using the 3x model is not about doing any of the stages right or perfectly. It's about regularly moving through them without neglecting any of them or staying too long in any of them. It's the movement that makes progress. No one stage is done perfectly. They combine together in what I call a 3x flow. So what I'm going to do now is hopefully by now you've identified which stage you're stuck in. Explore, engage, or release. So keep that in mind, because now I'm going to break down where exactly 
you're stuck within each of those. So I, I hope that you're able to use this recording to come back any time and when you feel stuck to come back and figure out which stage you're stuck in and then where in that stage you're stuck so that you can move through it. Because when I say explore, I'm actually talking about three different steps, the same with engage and with release. Within each of the phases are three steps that are crucial for moving through it. And this is what will help you move from one to the other. Let's start with explore. So for those of you listening, if you believe explore is where you are stuck, this one's for you. And then I'll go through engage and release. There's three stages to explore. The first stage is brainstorming. The second stage is limiting your options. And the third stage is deciding. So we've got to figure out where you're stuck. Now brainstorming is the stage where you look at all your options. Or at least the options that you're currently aware of. So I'll use a real life example for me. When I had a problem of getting kicked out of the Czech Republic because I wasn't allowed to stay in the Schengen area anymore, the explore phase was brainstorming. Uh, the first stage, the brainstorm stage, was figuring out which countries I could go to. A huge range of countries. Those within Europe and then going back home to New Zealand or even fucking off to America for a while. I had my whole range. So my brainstorm was looking at the whole range. Now what might get me stuck in the brainstorming uh, range is not wanting to give up any of the options. So if you're stuck in Explore and you feel like you've got a lot of options, you're probably stuck because you're unwilling to let go of any of them. That's what keeps you in this constant brainstorming idea. And usually the reason that comes up is either they all look good or they all look bad. Now if they all look good... You don't want to miss an opportunity, so you want to keep all your options open. And if they all look bad, you don't want to choose any of them, because you're thinking, maybe there's a better one that I'm still waiting for. The key here, and we'll talk about this later, is you have to limit the amount of time you're allowed to brainstorm. When I was making, I I actually had a time limit, I had 24 hours to choose a country and get the fuck out. And so I had 24 hours to brainstorm as much as I wanted, essentially. And then I had to start limiting my options. You have to give yourself a brainstorming limit if you're stuck. In fact, if you realize that you are stuck now in brainstorming, then call the limit here. Whatever options are available to you, that's the limit. You're not allowed to add any more. You have to move forward. We'll talk about this later. You've got to learn that making a deliberate error is better than getting stuck. It is better to move forward on a underdeveloped idea than it is to be stuck not making a decision at all. Movement is the key. You're better off making mistakes and dealing with the consequences than you are trying to prevent a mistake forever. Okay? And this is what the explore phase is about. So if you've got lots of options and you just you just can't let go of any, it's time to put a limit on adding options at the very least. Which moves you to the next stage, which is limiting options. Now this can be very difficult if you want them all or you don't want them all, right? But usually what you should be able to do is list them all out in order of preference. Okay? And if you get any that conflict, if you get any that seem to be equally preferable, literally flip a coin and choose a winner. Because movement is the key. It's not about getting it right. It's about getting as right as you can and then moving forward. So get your list, your brainstorm list, and your next task is to put it in order from best to least uh, preferred. 
okay? To most doable and most aligned with your values and most preferable down to most difficult, least aligned with your values, least preferable, right? Get them in order. And then whatever the size of that list is, cut out the bottom 80%. That's how you limit your options. Get your top runners clearly identified and with a little prayer and a funeral, say goodbye to the other options. You are allowed to store that list somewhere and come back to it later if none of these preferred options work out. You're not giving up on them forever, but you've got to give up on them for now in order to move forward. You have to. Being stuck is worse than losing these options. So, say your prayers, kiss the rest of the list goodbye, and now you're left with the limited range of options. So if you had, if I had 10 countries I could have moved to, I'm now down to 3. Right? New Zealand, the UK, and I think I was looking at Zagreb or in Croatia somewhere. Right? Now, we move on. We've got our limited options, and now it's time to decide. Now, deciding can even be done while you're limiting. If there's a clear winner when you do your limiting list, then your decision's already made. But now that I've only got three to look at, it actually gets easier to figure out which one is best. When I had ten to look at, it's hard enough just to get them into order of priority. When I've only got three, now I can do some costs and benefits analysis. I can't do a pros and cons list for 50 options. It'll drive me insane, but I can do a pros and cons list for two or three options. The key here is I need to choose one to move forward on, and just like I mentioned before, you've got to give yourself a time limit. What you can do with a time limit is you can say, I've got 30 minutes to make this decision. And if 30 minutes is up and I haven't made this decision, I am literally going to pull one of the options randomly out of a hat. The random hat option is so helpful because the key, you've got to understand, the faith you've got to have in the 3x model is that moving forward is better than anything else. You have to move through the model. So even choosing a wrong option is better than not choosing one at all. It should make sense to you. If you choose a wrong option, at least you can go and make a mistake, recover from it, adjust to it, and move on with your life. But if you don't choose any option, it's worse than making a mistake. You can't even succeed. You don't even have a risk of success. You're just stuck, unmoving. And the thing is, when you're stuck, not deciding, your options will get limited over time. The longer I waited to choose a country, the less countries became available to me, the more the flight ticket prices went up, my options started limiting themselves. And usually if you wait for your options to limit themselves, they get worse, not better. Your best range of options is right at the beginning of your awareness of the options. From, from that point onwards, they go down in quality. So that's why you want to move through this stage as efficiently as possible. Not rush it. But do the three steps. Brainstorm. Limit your time for brainstorming until you've got a set of options. Then limit that option down to the sort of top 20% by calling out priorities and flipping a coin if you can't choose between them. And then from that top 20%, choosing one to move forward with. One of the options to go and experiment with. This is what your decision is about. Your decision is not a lifetime commitment. That's just your fear talking, trying to talk you out of making decision. Your decision is simply, I'm going to try this one first. That's all it is. And you're not even trying it in full. You're just trying it a little bit first. So let's say I finally decided, as I did, that I was going to move to the UK. That's the country. Okay, now my next action 
is to go and buy a flight ticket. Okay? That's the action I've got to take. But I don't have to commit to living for the rest of my life in the UK. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just committing to buying a flight ticket. That's it. I'm still open if that somehow doesn't work out and goes to shit. I can then buy a flight ticket to Zagreb, or I can buy a flight ticket to New Zealand next. I can come back and revisit this decision if my experiment doesn't go well. But I have to move forward with action now. So that is how you move through the explore phase, how you go from overthinking down to a single decision that you're now going to take an action on. Okay? You discard all those other options, but you can tuck them away in a drawer somewhere and come back to them if you need more options later. Alright? This is not a lifetime commitment. That's just fear talking. So, that is moving through the explore phase. Now let's look at if you're stuck and engaged. You're busy, 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 doing lots of stuff, and not making progress. Well, there's a lot of reasons we get stuck in the engaged stage. Pressure to perform, perfectionism, control trying to use sheer effort to create a life, and just sort of being driven by this uneasiness that if we stop moving, like a shark, we'll drown. When you look at the engaged stage as taking a single action, a single action, before you will measure it, you can really just reduce the pressure in your life, and you'll be so much more efficient. If I get stuck and engage, I spend a lot of my time doing inefficient, unproductive action without really knowing that that's happening. Anybody who's been busy knows that. There is no life in the world that requires you to be busy. Okay? If you're busy, it means you're wasting time. Guaranteed. A very highly effective and productive life requires only about 33% of the action that most people take. Okay? It's a third of the model. The rest of the time should be planning and reflecting. So if you're spending 90% of your time in action, you are definitely doing a lot of useless shit, guaranteed, and you're not benefiting from it. There are three stages to engage. Showing up, initiating, and going to failure, or finishing, what I call completing the task. So showing up means arriving at the, the situation that the task will be completed. Initiating means beginning the task. And going to failure means continuing the task until it's time to stop, until you've had enough or until it's completed. So let's go through each of the stages to figure out where you're stuck. If you're really busy, you're probably just stuck in the completion phase. You're not letting anything be completed and allowing for a measurement to happen. You're looking at everything as constantly initiating. Now, my old coach used to call the shiny object syndrome. Before you finish something, you start something new. That's being stuck in the initiate stage. You're constantly starting things and you're not finishing and moving on. Uh, having a lot of tabs open on your internet browser, you know, doing six half tasks at a time, trying 50 different hobbies in one week. This is a lot of initiating. Or you might be arriving and hoping things will happen. You work on your social life and you go to a lot of meetups, but you don't say anything. You're kind of hoping that just showing up will do all the work for you. So the first stage people get stuck are showing up. And this is also the solution to the getting stuck and overthinking. Like when you made your decision and you're scared, you're like, oh, I'm scared to follow through on this decision. Understand the next stage is you simply got to show up. Now for me buying my plane ticket, that simply meant opening up the website where I can purchase the plane ticket. That is showing up. You notice how low pressure that is? I still don't actually have to follow through. 
and yet I've now clearly transitioned out of overthinking and into action. It's a very subtle and easy move to do, very low pressure, but it definitely gets you out of one phase and into the other. I might have been sitting around like thinking about what career I could do and I had too many options and I finally decided on one that I'm going to pursue and I'm scared. I think, oh no, I'm committing to a new career for life, what, it's the wrong one for me? No, no, you just got to show up. Showing up might mean just applying for a job. right? Just putting yourself in a situation where this thing could be followed through on. The application for the job doesn't commit you to anything. But now you're doing something. Okay, You've moved from thinking about it to doing it. And that's the key change. So showing up just means being in a place in one way or another that it will allow the decision to be followed through. You know, if your decision is to meet new people, then going to the meetup is showing up. You're now capable of meeting new people. The option's open to you. If the decision is to apply for a new job, then just sending in the application shows up. You now could attend the interview if you need to and so on. Working on your health, this means just turning up at the gym or going to the supermarket and walking towards the healthy food section. That is showing up. It's very simple and it breaks the overthinking pattern. But showing up is not enough. Being stuck and engaged might mean you're just constantly showing up to lots of new things, looking at them, being there, but not moving forward into the next stage, which is initiate. So initiate is where, now that you're in, you begin the action. And it's important to see that as a separate step because often people think of beginning an action as somehow a commitment to a big process. So if I show up at the gym and start working out, I now have to do a one-hour workout. And that's what stops people from initiating because they think initiating is this huge task when actually initiating is just picking up a single weight and beginning. I'm not actually committed to anything. Initiating might be showing up to the interview um, and answering the first question, but it's not, not a commitment to finishing the interview even. It's definitely not a commitment to working at this company. It's just answering a question. I've just moved from showing up into doing something. I might be at the meetup. And I turn to the person next to me and I say, Hey, I don't think I've met you. My name's Dan. Now, I don't have to keep talking to them. And I, don't, I certainly don't have to be friends. I don't have to get married with them. I've just started the thing. Where it goes from there, it's, it's a range of options. I do not have to commit to any further action. But now I've definitely moved from showing up to initiating. Can you see now how moving through the model is just these little movements that are small but significant? So initiating, you've started the new thing. Now you've got to finish it. And finishing it does not mean doing some massive drawn-out process. It simply means going to the point where you don't want to keep going any further. Okay. Now initiating itself might be the end point. Like me going up to a stranger and saying hi to them might be as much as I can handle for this day. It's about as courageous as I can be today. In which case, the initiation brings me all the way through to completion straight away. It's time to reflect and measure. Other times, I can handle a bit more. I show up to the gym, I start lifting weights, and I'm like, I'm not tired yet. I'll keep lifting them until I'm tired. I'll go to failure. Rather than saying, I've got to do this 50-minute workout, I'll just keep lifting the weight until I don't want to lift it anymore, and then I'll put it down, and that's a failure point. I'll go until I can't. When it comes to the job interview... I'll stay in the job interview until I want to walk out. Now maybe I get through to the end of the job interview and complete it. But in fact, maybe I push myself and say, okay, I've just got to stick through to the end of this job interview. And then I can reassess this whole career decision. 
The key here is understanding you're about to go into a release. So go to failure because you're about to be let off the hook and have a rest. You're not going to have to do more action after this. The reason busy people get so stressed out is because even if they complete a task, they just start a new one straight away. They go straight from going to failure to showing up at the next task, and they skip the other two phases in between. Literally, you're at work, you finish a task, there should be a release and an explore stage that you go through before you start the next task. Otherwise, you're going to feel overwhelmed with work. So going to failure means that after you started the task, after, after you've started buying fruits and vegetables at the supermarket, you keep going until you don't want to anymore. Or until the task naturally comes to a conclusion. You finish your workout, you finish your shopping, you end the conversation with the new person. That's the end. Now the key here is do not move into another action. You're done. And it might only take a couple of minutes to go through the other two phases again, but you must go through them. You must move. So you show up, you initiate action, you do that action for as long as you can handle or until it's done, and then you stop and no new actions are taken. That is going through the engage phase without getting stuck and without getting busy. Which brings us to the release phase. Now there are three stages to the release phase. Collecting information, measuring that information, and learning a lesson. Before you can even think about what you're going to do next, let alone do it, you need to understand it. Now being stuck in the release phase can mean being stuck in any three of these stages. You're stuck collecting information. For example, you do a lot of therapy to learn lots and lots about yourself, or you do a lot of personality assessments, or you read lots of, uh, you watch lots of videos of yourself dancing. It's, it's this constant collection of information that already exists, constant observation and, and storage of information. The next stage is measuring, where you actually look at that information in quantitative and qualitative detail. You assess and judge that information and try to derive some helpful insights from it. So people can do that where they explore upon their explore, in a sense, but they're in the release phase. They look at information, they try to figure out what it means, and then they try to figure out what that means, and then they try to get to the next layer down without moving on to a, another plan and another action. They're trying to understand everything before they move forward. That's how they get stuck. And lessons. And this is where the last stage is where you've looked at, you've assessed all the information. You've had your insights. You've derived meaning from it. And you've learned a lesson about yourself. You've learned something that's going to trigger the next planning and thinking stage, the next explore. Some people get stuck in the lesson stage. This is where you beat yourself up for what you've learned. You don't accept it and move on. So you might have collected information that tells you like, oh my god, I don't maintain eye contact enough when I'm talking with someone. That's the lesson learned. But instead of going, okay, next conversation I've got to maintain more eye contact, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I don't maintain eye contact. Why don't I do it? Am I afraid of eyes? And you just start re-observing the lesson rather than moving forward with the lesson. You know, And this is what people stuck in too much meditation and journaling. This is where they end up. They're trying to Discover a truth that will prevent them from having to think or take action, rather than taking the last piece of truth they discovered and moving forward with it. So let's have a look at these three stages and how to do them in a healthy way. Collecting can happen either through a sort of narrative journaling style, or it can just be an in-your-head observation in the moment. Now, For example, at the end of the day, collecting might mean listing all the 
significant events that happened that day. So let's say I'm working on my career, I get home from work, and I list all the things that happened today at work that I thought were significant and worth kind of revisiting and reflecting on. At this stage, I don't try to judge them. I don't say this was good or this was bad or this means this or this means that. I just say this is what happened. This is the event that occurred. This is how I reacted to it. You know, maybe this is why I think it's significant enough to reflect on. Let's get it all down. I'm just collecting information at this stage. Again, I want a time limit. I don't want to observe the entire day. It's not worthwhile. I just want to get the key events down. So maybe I give myself five or ten minutes to just bullet point what's important here. That might be an end-of-the-day journal type uh, version of collection. Collection might also be just an in-the-moment thing. Let's say I've just finished a conversation with someone at the meetup, and before I start a conversation with someone new, I just want to reflect on what happened. So collecting information might be just stopping by myself for a few seconds to think, well, what happened in that conversation? What did I notice? What did I observe? Collecting a bit of information, just revisiting a kind of like uh, action replay, of what just happened, just observing it one last time in your mind, kind of a second glance, a hindsight, if you will. At the gym, this might mean like after I've done a set of reps, um, I just sit and I just kind of observe how my body feels, where my muscles are sore, how much energy I've got left, how tired I feel, whether or not that exercise felt like it helped me. I'm just observing, the kind of collecting the information, the aftermath of my experiment. So in the engage phase, I went and did something all the way to failure, and now I'm kind of seeing what happened. What did that do to me? What did that do to others? When I remember it, how do I think it happened? Again, so once I've got a time limit on this, it might be anything from a few seconds to a few minutes, depending on the situation. I then go into the measurement or assessment stage. I look at the information, and there's a few things I want to know. What was significant, and why was it significant? Because I'm trying to get to a lesson here. I'm trying to discover something. Okay. And so if I'm in, uh, if I'm journaling at the end of the day, I might notice, hey, my stress levels increased over the day as my tasks got heavier and heavier. I'm noticing that's a pattern now that's happened at the end of every workday. So my collection of information was that my stress went up and up throughout the day. And then my measurement is that I'm seeing a pattern of this happening. There's an escalating thing. There's something to learn here. In a conversation, I might have had a half-hour conversation with someone. I stop and check in. I was like, wow, we talked about these things and these things. And I felt this way and this way about them. And my measurement is now going a bit deeper. It's like, do I feel that that was a good connection? You know, based on what I see, am I happy with the way I engaged? Was it honest? You know, I'm starting to ask questions to see if my values were lived by and what unexpected consequences were and what I think of those consequences. I'm assessing the information. Again, this might only be a few seconds or a few minutes. But you don't want to get stuck here trying to find too much deep meaning. You're just trying to get to a single lesson that you can move forward with. Which brings us to the final phase of release, the lesson. And this is where you basically ask, okay, based on the information I've collected and my measurement of that information, what have I learned? Okay, so based on that conversation I had with the person, how I feel about them, I've learned that I don't like him. Or I've learned that I need to speak louder. Or I've learned that when I'm attracted to someone, I'm not as truthful as usual. On and on and on. Once you've come up with a clear lesson, now you can move forward into planning your next action. 
See, this whole process might only take a few seconds, but it makes a huge difference between people who do this, who do a quick reflection before they decide on what to do next, versus those who unconsciously decide what to do next and just go from one action to another without stopping to observe or think it through clearly. Impulsive busyness, right? But in release, some people try to learn too many lessons. They try to learn more than one lesson. They try to observe everything in their life instead of a single area to move forward on. You know, and they just get stuck in this, like, rabbit hole of self-discovery, which is just, you know, leads to, like, existential dread. You're like, oh, nothing means anything. It's far too deeply philosophical and not enough sort of gut and balls action, right? Once you've learned a lesson, now you move back to explore and you're back to the, the brainstorm stage of explore. So the lesson is, I probably need to make more eye contact when I talk to someone. Okay, brainstorm. Who am I going to talk to next? And how am I going to make keeping eye contact more likely to happen? Then for brainstorm, I limit. Okay, of the three people I could talk to, I want to talk to that one the most. Decision. Okay, I go talk to them. And you're away again. Show up to talk to them, initiate the conversation. Just like that, you just move through the model. You essentially, by the end of the explore phase, you've come to a decision. You move on it, you show up and take action. By the end of the engage phase, you have completed an action to the best of your ability in that moment. And nothing more. No good enough or best effort, just what you could do right there and then. In the release phase, you look at what you did, you learn something from it, and it's time to think about what to do next. Keep that movement going. And you prevent the stuckness and the, the misery of being stuck in the stages. Some key elements to finish off to keep you focused on this. First off is just one thing at a time in each area of your life. Instead of trying to change your entire life and become the super mega beast in a single day. Look at the three main areas of your life. Health, wealth and relationships, right? Your psychology and physiology your career and your work um, and your connections with other people, those three areas, and just choose one thing at a time to work on. Okay? It can all be done in the explore phase. Brainstorm what you could be doing, get it down to one thing, go and take some action on it. Let everything else sit in the drawer. Second thing you've got to keep in mind, keep moving even if it means making a deliberate error. A mistake is better than being stuck. If you're not sure on the right thing to do, then do the wrong thing. Pull a fucking action out of a hat and go get it wrong. It's better than not moving. If you're not exactly sure if you learned the right lesson from this thing and maybe you have interpreted the situation wrong, doesn't matter. Work, move forward on the lesson you think you've learned, even if it's wrong. Or if you can't really come to a final conclusion, you're like, I don't know what I've learned from this. Then the conclusion must be, I didn't really learn anything from this. Time to move forward with next thinking. Whatever it is, movement is the key. It's better to get it wrong than to be stuck. And when you are stuck, random is better than planned or perfect. If you're weighing up options and they're just so equal you can't choose between them, get someone else to choose for you or pull a name out of a hat. Movement, again, is the key. Just randomly go with something. If you're not sure on the right career to go for, Look at a random career and just go apply for it. At least you'll get moving. There's a lot of benefit in figuring out what you don't want. It's equally as beneficial as knowing what you do want. 
So if you can't figure out what you do want, go and play with some stuff just to know that you really don't want it and why you don't want it. And the final thing to keep in mind is freedom comes from discipline. Set limits on each stage to ensure you're constantly moving. Too much creative freedom and you'll get stuck. Too much time freedom and you'll get busy. Too much uh, self-congratulation and you'll just become complacent and comfortable. Just always try to keep yourself moving. And Every day there should be some review of where you're at in the 3X model and whether you're moving or stuck. If you do that every day, then you'll never get stuck. You'll always be able to move forward. And the more you do this, the more you'll learn how to do it. Of course, being a Brojo member and getting our support will keep you focused on how to move forward and give you all the sort of juicy details. If you're not already a member, check out brojo.org to look at that. But ultimately, you can always keep moving with just blind guesswork, if nothing else. And that will be better than being stuck. Hope that helps you. Feel free to send through your feedback and questions, dan at brojo.co.nz, and I'll see you for the next one.